Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. Everybody's asking this is a dynasty. It's been a dynasty. Kansas City with the world champs. Can I get a hell yeah? Run it back. Run it back. Run it back. Run it back. Travis, I am Travis. In this day, I was mad. You got to fight for your right to fight. Parade number two for the Kansas City Chiefs earlier this month. The guy who has helped Andy Reid in putting together a dynasty team. I don't know. You got your players calling it a dynasty. How many more does it take for you to call it a dynasty? Brett Feach, by the way, GM of the Chiefs. Well, shoot, I don't know. Um, I guess at least one more, right? Yeah. I mean, we just... I don't, we're already calling it, actually. No. Sorry. You're, you're screwed. We're calling it yeah. one already. I don't really know how that whole thing works and, and yeah. who actually decides <laughs> what is and what isn't. So we'll just go ahead and just... Try to win every year, but I mean, uh, as far as the dynasty stuff, I don't. I'll leave that up to the people that I guess do that. Yeah, you know what? You know what? There should be there should be like an official process right. and yeah. a trophy. Like a yeah, there should be like a committee, like they do with Hall of Fame induction. I, I think you're onto something. Well, yeah. it's not a bad that, idea. That convenes to decide whether or not a team, based upon accomplishments over whatever year period, should be given that dynasty title, and you get a big ass it's trophy and you put it you're in the right. lobby, and there it is. Five AFC Championship games, two Super Bowl wins, and another appearance. I think classifies, in my opinion. You know, now we can figure out how much better you guys do from there. Well, you're on the committee. So I will. Go. I'm going to work yeah. on it. I got, yeah. I'll get back to you, okay? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we had Travis Kelsey included in that package of sound, and I had forgotten. We're going to see him on Saturday Night Live this week. Oh, that's right. It's this week. Show. Is yeah. that this week or yeah, not? This, no, this that's yeah. this, this Saturday yeah. night. So <laughs> what, 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 how high is your bar for how he'll perform? Oh, he'll do great. I mean, you guys know. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's right up his alley. And <laughs> I'm actually surprised it took so long for him to get on that show and do that because uh, – I mean, if there's one guy that can, you know, ad lib with the best, it's Travis, and just feel, you know, be oh, in the moment. He can talk so, some crap. Oh, He's yeah, the best. I yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and I'm sure that whole staff, you know, Heidi Gardner's a, a KC girl, and you know, she'll um, she'll lace him up with some good stuff. So that'll be a lot of fun. Right. How about the parade? Who's the MVP of the parade? I mean, we saw enough of Mahomes. We know he won the Super Bowl. Who else was like, uh, you go, oh, man. Yeah, Tommy Towson. Tommy Towson got after a good. Coach Nagy had a good day. Coach Nagy yeah. had a good day. Yeah. Those are your so, MVPs? Um, yeah. Are you a beer drinker? Or do no, you, do no you... so so I get a little bit anxious because I have to speak, so I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have that fear. <laughs> Slurring have, your words yeah. in front of the <laughs> <I have laughs> fear of being memed. Yeah. So, um, no, I kind of just keep it, you know, act like you've been there right. and try to keep it respectable. And, gotcha. But, no, it's, it, it's funny because you can always tell the guys that, you know, maybe it's the first time experiencing something like that. Right. And, you know, uh, but it was, a, it was a great day, and the guys had a lot of fun. And, and it's one of those things where guys are in the building for like 30 straight weeks. So when you go through all that and, and then have it culminate in a Super Bowl win, yeah. certainly it's a time to just kind of right. let it loose and have, have some fun there. How much more will it mean this year, Brett, to be able to raise the banner at a game with fans present at yeah. Arrowhead Stadium? Yeah, we talked about it. We missed we missed out on a lot of things, and, you know, we won it back in 19. We did get to the combine, but right after the combine, like, everything shut down. So, 
you know, the rest of the draft process and, you know, the ring ceremony and the, the banner um, being raised in Arrowhead. Um, so we're certainly looking forward to all those things. It'll be a lot of fun. How about, you know, you did a great job with your team. One of the younger teams in football. I mean, it's, it's really kind of shocking when you unpack it to go, you guys were that young and, of course, won the Super Bowl and he kind of almost said it's semi-rebuild, right? But talk about, like, do you think you're going to hit a Mahomes factor here at some point? Where like every free agent that's looking for a one-year deal, whatever he's gonna be like, kind of like we saw with Brady and the Bucks, yeah. where it was just like I want to go play with him and be a part of that right now. Are you? Do you start to sense that that might be happening with you guys? Yeah, I think um, I think you do yeah. to a certain extent. I mean, and look, I mean, if if you are um, a veteran free agent and you're looking at one-year deals, I mean, why? Especially if you're an offensive player, right? I mean, why wouldn't you want to play with Pat Mahomes? Yeah. And and so I certainly think that uh, as the years go on, you're gonna see more and more of those one-year deals and, and players that want to put the final check Juju Smith-Schuster yeah, type of good yeah, names, and it, right? And it worked out amazing for him, right. and, and hopefully we can get him back, but I think you'll certainly see that. Yeah, and, and that can help, too, avoid any complacency. You bring in a veteran that guys know who's been around the league who doesn't have that completed resume yet. Yeah. It Because, you know, how many of these can we win? Although I think Patrick Mahomes will keep that that mindset from ever creeping in because we know how many he's chasing. Yeah. And so he's not going to do, oh, well, we're just going to do it again. He's going to want to get three, then four, then five, and keep going. So I just feel like that fire is never going to go out for him. No, it's funny because uh, we left yesterday from KC, and I was scrolling through my text messages, and, and Pat actually had texted me. He's like, hey, he's like, uh, just want to go over some guys at the combine. Do it in his voice. Do it in his voice. I don't want to do a disservice. I'm not as good as some other players. <laughs> but, it's, um, but he doesn't miss anything. I mean, he is so he wired. He watches everything. everything. All sports. Too. All That's, sports. I know. I see him tweeting him, during golfing, yeah, golfing and everything. F1, basketball, baseball. I mean, he is so wired and doesn't miss anything. But, um, yeah, just yesterday he was asking about, hey, who, who are some of the hot names in the positions I want, you know, I'm going to be watching all week and just want to keep an eye out for him. So um, he's locked in. He's wired, and he'll be ready to rock and roll uh, as we get started here. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. That is un- – I'm actually – that's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's that. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody quarterback do that, honestly. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, just—he's a gym rat. Yeah, his awareness level is through the roof, and doesn't miss anything. And he's—he's um, he's turned the page quickly on a lot of things. And in, in regards to just let's move on, let's just keep right. keep rolling there. Right. He's, he's got every attribute you could ever want in a quarterback. Every single one of them. Everything. And the highest praise that I can give him too, considering everything he's accomplished, when I talk to him, he's never changed. Mm-hmm. He's still the same guy he was coming in. The fame hasn't changed him. Success hasn't changed him. He doesn't have an attitude. The money hasn't changed him. He's just, there's a consistency there, and there's that, he just, he loves it, and he's got everything you could ever ask for in a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well said. I mean, because that's all true, and, you know, the human being, like you mentioned, Mike, just has never changed, and he's still yes sir, no sir in the building. I mean, he's still a guy that he's accomplished so much, and he's one of the most famous sports icons in the world and still answering the first ring. And if he doesn't call you right back, um, very rare. And yeah. we're very, very fortunate to have him. You, you, you seem to have a magic touch with players. You, know, you and Coach Reed, their combination. Where, like, uh, uh, New England seemed like they had all these robots, right? Yes, Bill Belichick, right? You guys seem to have a little different feel and flair, which I think is really cool. We kind of talked about it leading up to the Super Bowl. A little more personality. Yeah. How do you kind of know... A cheap guy. Like you guys, you guys, some guys that are unafraid to open their mouth and be a little crazy, but they love football. Like, yeah. How do you guys kind of decipher well, that? Well, that's just it. At the end of the day, if they love football, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Just if they love football. Yeah. I mean, if they, you know, if they have that, just that drive, desire, passion. If they love football, we'll live with some of the other. Right. You know. Yeah. Personalities. Personalities. We'll make it work. The way you and, live. Right. You know, coach always is big on let your personality show and and be yourself. And, yeah. But at the end of the day, as long as you love football and show up on time, like he'll make it work. But, you know, just in general, Coach and I have been together for so long, and you know he'll he'll trust me just like uh, we'd all would trust him. And and so I think if we ever bring a player up, or whether it be a free agency signing or a draft pick, I mean, Coach knows that we're going to really go through the homework and cross all the T's and dot all the I's. And and so now we're just at the point where let's just, let's just go, bring him yeah. in, and we'll make it work. Right. The Tyreek Hill trade obviously created questions about what the offense would look like moving forward how important was Patrick's role in going above and beyond the call showing up for the offseason program all the voluntary workouts taking the guys to Texas coach Reed told Chris in the week before the playoff win over the Jaguars that Patrick was texting Texting notes and observations here's what they do How, how important was that to the offense really not missing a beat without one of the best players in football on the team 
yeah, I mean, it was obviously um, extremely important, and I think that's exactly why the season started in Arizona and in Arizona, because you have, you know, a head coach and a quarterback that are in lockstep, and Pat never takes that responsibility for granted and, and knows the importance, and especially, like you said, Mike, you know, you lose a guy like Tyree Kill, um, and not only you're losing Tyree Kill, but you're really bringing in, I mean, other than McCole um, Hardman, I mean, Juju, MVS, Sky Moore, uh, Justin Watson. I mean, it was an entirely new receiver room. So Pat took it upon himself to just make sure that um, these guys are on the same page. And, you know, they're going to see and read the offense through the playbook and through the coach's eyes. But also he took that extra time to have those guys see it through his eyes and, and what he's thinking. And he actually took time out in training camp. And we had the afternoon is usually a special teams period. And, you know, the players have some quick meetings and they're out. Um during special teams uh, practices in the um, two-a-days, or we don't, not two-a-days anymore, but you know that second afternoon session, which is now a walkthrough, um, Pat would get with the receivers who weren't on special teams and just spend that extra time and actually go through the film as a coach and just take guys through it on his own. So, um, you know, can't say enough about Pat and you know the extra work he did. But I mean, he just understands the role and responsibility of that position to the highest level. You got. Uh, Orlando Brown, free agent, right? There's all this talk right now about you got to win a Super Bowl when the quarterback's on the rookie contract, yeah. right? That's all there is. And then I want to go, wait, the team that, you know, just won it didn't have that. But maybe explain that flip side of, like, what it's like to know, hey, wait, wait we, we know what our quarterback is and the money is, and, you know, now you can prepare yourself for the future, unlike maybe a team like Baltimore that's like, wait, we don't know what the hell to do if we're going to have to pay this guy or what. Yeah. Can you kind of take us into your shoes that way? Well, I mean, it helps up your offseason because uh, you have – you know the biggest piece of the puzzle you know checked off set up right um and also as we move move forward here hopefully the cap continues to grow and grow and grow and uh you have the ability you know within that contract to kind of adapt and adjust it but um i think it helps from you know just a a continuity and stability standpoint as you mentioned with the the one-year you know veteran free agent guys but i mean when you go into every offseason and you know that this team is going to be good they're going to have pat mahomes i think it just makes it a lot more easy to execute your plan but also recruit players yeah yeah yeah, it goes back to that again Mm -hmm. a little bit yeah i want to take you back six years to when the 2017 class was being scouted and patrick mahomes was part of it and there wasn't this groundswell that he's the generational talent he's the peyton manning you know he's the obvious guy when did you first detect that he could be what he's become, or was it even not on the radar screen then that he was going to be the guy that he now is? Um, you mean like in the process itself, or actually once he got into the building? No, before during this period, was there yeah. something in the scouting that made you say, "Holy crap, this guy could be special"? Yeah. Well, I I think you know it's it's one of those situations where you know you see a guy make all the throws, make all the highlight plays, and just really elevate all the players around him to play at that higher level. And you know, I go back to the first time I saw him play against LSU in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. I mean, LSU was loaded with four or five-star recruits yeah. and pads out there by himself. And, right. I mean, that game was super competitive. Right. And he looked – I mean, it was very obvious watching that tape that he was the best player on the field. Yeah. And, you know, you saw everything from an athletic standpoint you need to see. And then in your mind you start to think, like, you put him with an Andy Reid. And he had such a – a great foundation to start with Alex Smith to really get educated for Mandy Reno Alex Smith year one was was um, certainly so valuable for him but you just always start to think in your mind if you put this together you get him with coach Reed how this thing would work out as much as like you'd like to say like yeah, I saw it like I knew that best player ever seen but I mean to to win in this league is still hard whether you have a and Aaron Rodgers, or, you know, Brett Favre, or, I mean, what have you. It's still hard to win this league. So to sit here and, and say we have all the success is, is still pretty crazy to think back you know, six yeah. years ago. Right. Um, but it just shows you when you hit, when the stars align and you hit the coach and um, the organization and, and the player right, I mean, good things happen. What, 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 what do you think people miss in that process there? Like, just as, like, is, you know, like, what, because there's so many people like, oh, man, I see it now. Or, I mean, like, what, what do you think they were kind of concluded by? Yeah, I think it's probably a lot like any situation where guys are probably just people overthink things you know they see the arm and then they well the air rate system right, and exactly. quarterbacks yeah, don't come out of there win and losses win, and, yeah it doesn't right. mean, you know, I mean big john, 12 defense is, yeah is i mean john elway didn't have a winning record i think come out yeah I actually brought that up when we were going through that process four and seven is last baseball year player with a losing record of pat mahomes was a baseball player kind of worked out it, it kind of worked out yeah. yeah well it's worked out well two yeah. rings and who knows how many more brett thanks for some of your time congratulations all the best we look forward to talking to you down the road we're going to keep it right here because 
because we're doing a hot seat next, change. A guy who knows yep, the Chiefs pretty well. He's trying to get past the Chiefs. He's running the L.A. Chargers. Head coach Brandon Staley is going to be joining us here. Say farewell That's to Brett. Right. Thank you, Brett. All good. And there he is. Oh, no, oh, it's no, AFC West fight. Rivals no, talking. No knives. Doing, no rumble. There he is, Brandon Staley with us. And we see the Chargers with that 21st pick in the 2023 draft. Hey, we pulled it off. There it is. If you were watching the show, it was seamless. You would never it was anything known. but seamless here. But it worked. And here he is. Great to see you. How are you? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, good. Good. Congratulations on the year. Thank you. Yeah. No, it didn't end the way you wanted it to. It still was a damn good year. Appreciate it. Yeah. How do you organizationally, and I wasn't going to start here, but how do you organizationally get past a moment like what you had? Because that can linger. We've seen it with other teams. It can leave a scar. It can be hard to get. What do you do to just turn the page on that and forget about it? I think the big thing is joining up with the right guys. I think what we have is a lot of people that are invested in our place. And when you lose like that, it's just going to mean more to you the next time that you're out there. And I think that's what's really important. Um, is you take full responsibility uh, for what happened. Um, but you know that, hey, there are a lot of special people in that locker room that you have what it takes. I think part of that game about telling the truth is, hey, you were up 27 to nothing in the first half. Yeah. Um, there's a reality to that, and then there's a reality of 31 to 30. Um, but I know the, the type of players that we have in that locker room, the type of coaches that we have, and you know we're going to respond. And the amount that our group has invested in our team over the last two years um, it's going to mean so much more the next time we're out there. And that's part about building a football team is you've got to go through a bunch in order to accomplish your ultimate goal. And I think that's really an important part of the process. Yeah. How do you personally process it, though? Because I try to put myself in your shoes, and I'll have a rough day from time to time. And it's like, it's great. The dog doesn't care. That's part of the healing for me. <laughs> dog doesn't care whether you had the best day ever or the worst day ever. The dog's just happy to see you. Like, how do you sleep at night? How do you get through it? How long does it bother you when you knew you had this and it, and it just fell apart the way it did? Yeah, I think you know it's part of competition. I think if you, if you – I've been following sports my whole life, and the, they're some of the greatest coaches, players that have gone through something like that. Yeah. I think that you know that that is a part of sports, that if you coach or play long enough, something like that can happen. Um, and it's going to go the other way too, where you make a comeback like that someday too. And so, uh, But what I think gets you past it is knowing that you're doing it with the right people and that you're getting on to the next thing. you got to get it moving. And, and I think that's the tough about the playoffs is you're watching these other people compete. Um, that's the hardest part. Um, but you got to get a lot of work done um, after you go through something like that, and that's what helps get you past it. Last year, you know, when we lost, um, my, after my first year, you are able to go make some big moves. You go trade for Khalil Mack. You yeah. go onboard a bunch of good players. You right. go draft a bunch of good players. You, you know, this year you get, you know, some new coaches in, and, um, you know, we're about to go through this whole acquisition yeah. process. That's what gets you moving. Um, and then, you know, you take a look at your, your team, and, and then you go build it in the spring. And, get it going in training camp you made some big yeah i want to go there you made some big decisions after uh, your your offense you know, it was good right did a lot of good things you got to the playoffs but you know what led you to going you know what i, th I think we need to change or we need a little bit more of the offensive coordinator position yeah chris i think i think you, you said it i think you know um the quality that we have within our football team yeah. and, and that's what you're searching for is that that optimum quality and that yeah. optimum level and maximizing like, what that yeah. quarterback can do and all of that for sure and yeah. i felt like there was another gear that we could get to and i right. feel like we were able to to find a guy that i felt like i was really excited to team up with it would be great for not just our offense but our team right you know kellen um i've been such a fan of his for so long former quarterback loved what he did as a player coach's son we kind of been brought up the same way that sure. way and uh and then just being able to face him you know compete against him you know the the type of offense that he was able to build in Dallas. What he did for Dak, that skill group, um, was just very excited. And getting to know him as a person, as a competitor, um, he's been fantastic, and, and we're very fortunate to have him. Yeah. What's your objective this year for navigating a division that isn't getting any easier? Not with Sean Payton coaching the Broncos and the Chiefs of the Chiefs and the Raiders. Who knows what they're going to do once they find a quarterback? What are you? focused on in an effort to try to get the Chargers to rise above the rest. Yeah, Mike, I think you got to put the focus is on the Chargers. You can't be worried about what everybody else is doing. you got to keep strengthening your team, maximizing your team, uh, creating the team in your vision, um, creating the alignment within the organization uh, in order to get that done. And, um, you know, competition is going to bring out the best in you. It doesn't matter what the sport. There have been divisions like this throughout the you know the history of sports and what, what you got to do is strengthen your football team get the belief going within your building and then putting that belief 
into action, and, and I think that we've done a good job of that through two years, um, but there's a lot of work to do. There's a big picture question I want to ask you about here in the combine. You know, we're seeing more coaches kind of skip it, right? Not that it's not important, but they're going, you know, and, and I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. I'd be one to be here like you. But, you know, what, what, you know, kind of what's your feel as far as where this is going and maybe why coaches or explain that to people, why they would want to skip out. It's a tough time for you guys. Free yeah. agency is about to start, too. Well, I think, I think, number one, you respect everyone's decision. But I think the timeline for each staff is different depending on how long you play. I think with the calendar the way it is, I mean, if you play deep into the you know, AFC, NFC Championship yeah. game, Super Bowl, it can be very challenging from a staff standpoint to get your staff together, right. get them headed in the right direction, let alone get free agency started. So, you know, kicking off your calendar can be challenging. I think that's why some people stay back. But, um, you know, I think this is a chance where the entire NFL comes together. And I think what's amazing about the NFL is are the people in it. Yeah. And there's a lot of components that make the NFL special. And whether it's, you know, meeting with, you know, uh, agents, you know, for the free agency process, whether it's meeting the, the prospects for the combine, meeting with the media, it brings people together. And I know that it's something that we take seriously. And, um, and at the same time, you're working during the morning, doing charger stuff, keeping your football going um, so that you can stay in rhythm. So, hey, we're here to maximize the week and, and get to be with you guys for, for a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, that's, that's, what the you that's what you want. That's the reason to stay home. <laughs> Trust us. It's Damn, definitely I gotta go a reason see to Florio and Sims. Let me think about it. <laughs> I got a question for you, given the fact that you are known for going forward on fourth down and being aggressive. I'm going to give you a scenario, and I want to know whether or not, not necessarily black or white would go for it or not, but just what factors you would consider in making your decision. All right, Fourth and three from your own 32, down one point with ten and a half minutes left in the game. What factors would you consider in deciding whether to go for it? Well, I mean, I think how we're playing on both sides of the football. I think that's something that's, that's big. Um, what your kicking situation is like, what the weather's like, uh, who's on the other sideline, who are you playing against, quarterback, coach, um, you know, how they're playing. Um, and then I think that feeling that you have, you know, what you know, type of play call do you feel like you have um, in your arsenal, how many of those types of plays you've already run throughout the course of the game. Uh, I think all that goes into making a decision like that. But if you've got confidence in your group, um, you, know, you can't be afraid to, to make that decision. I think, you know, way I, I look at it, I look at it the way my father coached me as a young kid is, you know, um, you got to trust your guys to go to go make plays. And if you if you have the belief in your guys and you feel like with all things being equal that you believe in your guys, um, then you got to go give them an op to compete. Um, you know, but again, no no situation is the same uh, within a football game, and there's so many factors that I think are challenging in real time. I think with people, you know, that's happening in real time, and you got to make those determinations. And um, you know, and at the same time, you got to be able to live live with it one way or the other, whether it goes down or not. Um, but you can be proud of your process either way. Um, so that's how I've tried to do it since I've been the coach. Uh, some you know, some games are different than others. Some stretches of the season are different than others. Um, but at the end of the day, you're going to try and trust your guys one way or the other. What yeah. I hear coming through, though, the confidence in your guys, yeah. the confidence in your guys. And I gave you that scenario because that was what Nick Sirianni faced in the sure. Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Down one, 28-27. No he said 32 out of 32 coaches would have punted there. And we think that there are plenty of coaches <laughs> that maybe would have gone for it there and kept the it's ball away one. from it's the Chiefs a really and tough Patrick one. Mahomes. Now that they, they woke up and they were, they sure. were getting it done. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think, um, you know, Nick has been one of those guys, you know, I just playing against them in 2021 and then certainly following them. I mean, you know, he's been an aggressive coach. And I trust in his guys. I mean, they've been one of the top teams in the league for two years. So, um, you know, it's, it's tough looking back when it doesn't go down, no, no matter what. Um, when it doesn't go down, you know, that's the toughest part of it. But you just you're proud of your process. And, you know, you just know that in, in, in sports that that happens and you just got to be ready for the next stop. And. Um, bringing your people together that, hey, when we do get that situation, and there's so many other things that, that factor into it after that that, that that decide the game. That's what you got to be able to do as a coach is bring it all together, explain yeah. to people what happened, right. be open about it, um, and do better the next time. Yeah. Well, we appreciate the insights very much. It's great to see you, as always. Congratulations on the finish last year. Here's to taking it another step or two farther in 2023. There he is, Brandon Staley, coach of the Chargers. And we're going to do... The hot, change. the hot change. We're going to go from, and I don't know how it you doesn't avoid even seem it. Right. You may We're want to going go this Chargers, way. the Jaguars. It seems like a low Doug blow. Peterson. 
I maybe we should be taping this interaction between the two coaches. I don't know how this goes in the off season. Is everybody friendly in the off season? <laughs> there they are shaking oh, nice hands and, and a hug handshake. and a real hug. Oh, not I think Saley said screw you, Doug. You, I think he said screw you, Doug, there on the way is. out. <laughs> I heard it. I heard you it. heard it too, right? <laughs> What's up, coach? Not much. Not much. Another year. Back at it again. I, how much did you miss yeah. it the year yeah. you were out? Yeah. I'll tell you this, I, I did miss football. I miss being around the guys, the locker room, as you know, being in the locker room for so many years as a player, that's what you miss even as a coach. And and um, I needed the year, honestly, uh, to, to, to kind of clear my head, sure. um, recharge, regroup, uh, put a plan together for my future if I wanted to get back into coaching and all that, but the year was great. I, I mean, I know you're not going to say this, so I'm going to say this. All right. I mean, you took over, like, maybe one of the craziest <laughs> freaking situations ever, okay? I mean, that's just at least I was, how we see it. I expected worse, <laughs> yeah, so that was yeah, good. Thank you. We're live on Sky Sports, <laughs> yeah, right? so I didn't yeah. want to say anything crazy. Yeah. But, but how do you how do you delicately approach kind of rebuilding the emotional state of your football team after a year like that? I mean, that was, that was everything um, that I thought of. It was. You know, when I when I took over, like, how – I've got about two and a half months here before I'm with the team. Yeah. First of all, I didn't know if I was going to have anybody show up to the off-season program. They're all going to be mad at every head coach out there, and you know. So I, I put a lot of thought into to my messaging, how I was going to approach the off-season, and you know, I, I talked a lot about communication. I talked a lot about trust. I talked yeah. a lot about surrounding yourself with the right people, and right. really kind of infiltrating that through the uh, the web of the football team. You know, in the off-season, and we weren't even at. 90 yet right we're just kind of our guys coming off the you know the 21 season so continuing to do that and just just seeing me for who I am and and just gaining their trust one day at a time um as we went through the offseason yeah when did you think it clicked and and you won them over what point oh when I gave them the mandatory three days off at the end of the (laughs) (laughs) offseason um but I I really did feel like at the end of the offseason program um, the end of OTAs right there in June before we broke for the, you know the summer break that, that that I had a good feel for them they had a good feel for me and, and we were in a good place heading into camp yeah you killed the draft you guys killed free agency all right so kind of piggybacking off I saw you at the Hall of Fame game on the field to start right. the year yeah and Michael tell you when we got done and the next day we did the show I was like I don't know what the Jaguars are going to be but damn they look good I just you had like some impressive looking guys when did you feel like, oh, damn, like we can actually maybe be a little more competitive than I thought taking over this team in this situation? You know, it really wasn't until probably about three, four weeks into camp right. that I felt like we had a pretty good football team, right. or at least a nucleus sure. of, of guys. I thought our quarterback was making strides yeah. each, each day uh, in training camp. Even though we didn't win a preseason game, I still felt confident enough that, that we, could, we could probably win seven, eight, possibly yeah. nine games. and. Everybody was kind of saying, nah, yeah. six, you're maybe crazy. seven, yeah. you're crazy. <laughs> right. You're not there yet. Maybe you're a year away, development of your quarterback and all that, and and and, and probably so. But um, I, I just felt like as training camp progressed that, uh, you know, we, we could really compete, yeah. you know. And you weren't going to be overmatched and, by we anybody. We weren't going to be overmatched right. and, and really compete for the AFC South. Right. You hit that rough stretch, too, because things started well 2-1, and one. Up fourteen nothing, I think, against the Eagles in Philadelphia. Yeah, kind of control. And then it things. went the other way. Yeah. And and Trevor points to that fifth loss, the loss to the Broncos in London, is the epiphany for him, the awakening. Was that really the moment where things turned for the whole team? I believe so. I believe so. I know. I know it. I know it changed for him. You know, it, it changed for for me as a coach. I think yeah. in my leadership with the team, uh, and how how I wanted to keep. I needed to keep the team together because. We could have spiraled, easily right. spiraled right. at that point, which the team previously, in did. previous years, yeah. did. Yeah. And and it was it was really a credit to, to I think the the team, the leadership. Uh, I'm you know I I do a leadership council you know with my my team and and I just made an impact with them and like say listen guys you're the ones that are going to carry this football team the rest of the season how yeah. do you want this thing to go right and we 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 made the uh, we made the switch and um, and the switch of the light came on and. You know, the rest is history after that. Yeah, you empowered the locker room a little bit. You guys get at this. Don't let it fall off the rails here. You know, they're the ones that play. They got it. You got to have that guy or two. players play. Yeah. You know? How about, um, you know, for him, like uh, that Denver game that he's bringing up, I was starting to go, I don't know, maybe he's not going to turn the corner. Maybe he's not going to get to the point where I thought he might get, right? Talk about him, his makeup, 
I mean, his talent level, just, you know, everything that kind of impressed you and what he fought through through the year? You know, after that game, he and I had a conversation, and, and I wanted him to understand that, that he's our guy. And yeah. We have full confidence in him. Go out there and be you. Cut it loose. Have fun. Don't hold back. So you didn't get on him. You gave him more confidence. I empowered him you even more. Loved him more. And, and right. loved on him more and just said, dude, you're our guy. Yeah. And, and, and I don't want you to look over your shoulder and, and – you know, go cut it loose. And we just kept working with him. Mike McCoy did a great job, yeah. you know, sort of mentoring him as well in sure. that room. And, and um, you know, just the influences he had around him, uh, I think, gave him confidence and gave him more confidence and stability in his own, in his own performance. And he really took off in the second half. And you saw a difference from, I think, the first Chiefs game we played him. Right. To the divisional oh, round. You gosh. saw a more confident team. Or the first Chargers game to the second Chargers game where he throws four three, picks. four bad picks. Yeah, right. And, you know, you're down 27 nothing, 27-7 at halftime, and, you know, he goes on you know, on a streak there in the second half. I, did you think he was going to be capable there? Like, like you know, like, it I was mean, the that's best another... 27 points we gave up. I know that. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it didn't feel like we were out of the football it, it, game, which was crazy. Well, one thing to piggyback off of that, this is a pet peeve of mine, and I think you'll give a somewhat honest answer. Don't get yourself fined by the league or anything. <laughs> but it does, like – that the interception where he threw the curl route to the right side and Asante Samuel interfered your guy. That's interference all regular season. And all of a sudden you get in a wild card game and they don't call it. <laughs> okay, exactly. <laughs> it drives me effing crazy, Doug. It drives me crazy. Bouncing around on the carpet. It drives somewhere. me crazy. <laughs> um, I'll tell you this. Yeah. You had you had Coach Staley on before. Yeah. You know, he did a great job. He he mixed some things up yeah. and, and really kind of confused us a little bit offensively and Trevor and right and, and a couple of those interceptions were based on what they had not shown us in week yeah. you know three right and now we're, we're you know week 19 little curveball uh, some curveball yeah. so credit to him and his staff for for making those changes right as you get distance from the 2022 season what stands out more the win in the wild card round under crazy circumstances or the loss in Kansas City the week after that wow that's tough um I, I have to you, hate to, you hate to say about losses, I do think the Kansas City Chiefs loss is going to propel us even more, I think, this year. The, the, the Charger game was kind of the what our season was about, right. right? In order for us to be a great football team like the Chiefs, we can't make mistakes, yeah. right? And which we did in that football game. Right. The turnovers cost us, some right. costly penalties. Dropped a big post route. Dropped a big you know, yeah. post, things like that. We fumble on the inside the five right. late in the game. Right. You can't do that against good football teams. So for me... I look at that game and go, you know what? We fixed those areas. Yeah. You know, we're, we're right there with them. Yeah. And, uh, and have a chance to, to really compete, you know, in the AFC. Yeah, you think that gives your team the go, like, wait, they won the Super Bowl and we, we played with them. We were there. We were right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a jump-off spot Speaking for sure. Speaking of the Super Bowl, and yeah. this is something we've been having some fun with with some of the coaches, I, I'm, I'm not going to try to conceal it. I'm going to tell you why I'm asking you this, because you're one of the guys at the forefront of going forward on fourth down. And the guy who now coaches the Eagles, Nick Sirianni, he had a decision to make down a point, 28-27, 10-33 to play, fourth and three from his own 32. Just gone three and out after the Chiefs go down the field and take the lead. Um, and Sirianni said 32 out of 32 coaches punt there. Would you have punted there, or I guess more broadly, what all would you have thought of in that 40 seconds or so as you make the decision whether to punt or whether to go for it when you're down a point when you've been up by 10 and you've got the ball fourth and three on your own 32 you got to look at a couple things you only got about 40 seconds or maybe a potential timeout to think about stuff and you know one if i'm the eagles i haven't stopped the chiefs yet in the second half right they they scored every time they touched exactly two times i was in a super bowl against the patriots where everybody was scoring every single time and and you know, I guess that's why, as head coaches, they say you get paid the big, the big bucks to make these decisions. Right. But, um, you know, you got to look at it and go, okay, do I punt the football? And, and I haven't really stopped my opponent, so, you know, I'm going to put my team back out there and let's see what happens. Um, or you go for it. And, I, you know, and, and listen, I, and I applaud him. I mean, it's a, it's a tough decision. It but you're, you're putting it, again, you're, like we talked about, you're putting it back on the team. You're yeah. putting it back on your players to right. go out and execute. I have confidence as a head coach in my offense to make three yards, right? And whatever the play call is, and, and you know, you're on the biggest stage and, and you're trying to win that game, and that's why I can understand the decision that he made. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, like 
I don't you, know if that's the answer you wanted no, to hear. No, that's I, I. We're just trying. I think we're trying to unpack I the just, thought process I wonder and if how coaches think the about the size it. of the stage. Like if it's a game in week eight, maybe you go for it there. But it's the Super Bowl, and maybe you just feel the size of that stage and the spotlight and the hundred million people watching the game, and you decide to be conservative in a spot where you'd otherwise be aggressive. This guy doesn't feel uh, it, look, Mr. Philly Philly over here doesn't well, know what I mean, you're talking about. Yeah, I mean that was you know that was before half too, so yeah. that wasn't at the end of the game or in the fourth quarter, but yeah. and it was at the one yard line right. in my situation, so they got to go 99 that way. Yeah. But um, again, you know you're you're making these decisions real time. I do I do know this that 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 coaches do feel that that pressure. You do sure. feel like the weight is on you to make that to make that decision. Um, and so I can understand that. You know, I can understand that. And, and uh, you know, again, that's something that, that, that we can coach our team and our teams moving forward uh, in, the, in, these, in these areas. I know in Jacksonville we need to be better on fourth down. We weren't a very good fourth down team. Mm. And so, you know, learning from all these scenarios are going to help us. Your QB's awesome. We know that. He's heading in the right direction. You've been around some great QBs. Like, and I want to go to, like, Mahomes here, if you don't mind. Like, just, like, you got to see him twice this year. Break him down. I know you're watching film and doing it. Like, what is it about Mahomes that jumps out to you? I mean, you were with Brett Favre. This guy is crazy. I just, I'm amazed. I am too. Yeah, I am too. And I've, I've had a chance to, to, to spend time with Coach Reed here in the off season now, and really since the Super Bowl. And he's even amazed. <laughs> and he coaches the guy. Yeah. And I, you know, this kid is just he, he's number one. He's wired the right way. Um, he's, he's your leader. Um, he knows how to rally. He knows how to, to get guys together in the offseason yeah, and, and take yeah. control of the team. No doubt. And, and he's matured in the, the five, six years he's been in this league that, you know, that, that, that I hope our guy right. sees it, does it, and, right. and we're in that situation here in a couple of years. But I, I've just been so impressed with, with Patrick. And I know when he was coming out of Texas Tech and there probably weren't a lot of suitors. There weren't a lot of teams no. probably really high on him. And, 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 I, and I know Andy Reid, having played for him and worked for him, that he's going to exhaust everything he can with the quarterback position. And I remember a conversation that we had after he drafted him, and he basically said he reminded him of Brett Favre. Yeah, right. Because he can, he can make throws that nobody, nobody can. else can make. Right. And, and, uh, and obviously we're seeing it firsthand now, and, and especially on the biggest stages yeah. you know, uh, in the NFL. So year two with the Jaguars, division seems to be yours for the taking. I don't know. I'm jinxing. There, there, are, there are tougher decisions. <laughs> hey, we still got to play that. Yeah, there, there, but, there, but you're not in the West. You could be dealing with Mahomes and some, <laughs> Herber, and some right. of these other quarterbacks. Right. Um, what, 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 what are you hoping to do in the, your second year with the program? Well, that's just, the, that's just it. We, we've got to get better as a football team. We've got to learn from our mistakes. I, you know, when we were three and seven, we easily could have been seven and three. Because some of these games, we were in the fourth quarter, we we just lost it. Whether it was a turnover or we didn't get uh, the defense didn't get off the field or special teams, those are the things that, in order for us to take the next step, we've got to fix those areas, and and we've got to be more consistent in in others, like like the third and ones. We weren't a very good third and one football team, fourth and one football team. We got to get better in the red zone. Our red zone efficiency wasn't great this year. Third down, so there's enough areas that we can focus on this off season and training camp that'll put us in situations to be successful. And, and if we can do that, then we're in the conversation at the end of the year. Um, you're playing for the AFC South Championship, I think. You know, each year, and, and, and again, uh, in that conversation. You got some like freaky talented guys. Like, was there anyone when you got there or they got on the field and you're like, oh my gosh, he's better than I thought, right? I mean, guys that just jumped on the scene like Andre Cisco, and I think people are learning about Tyson Campbell, Tyson Campbell a little was bit, right? One of those guys. He was my second team All Pro vote, <laughs> right? People was, think I'm crazy, but he was besides the quarterback. Yeah. He was the one that that really stood out to me. Like, this is a special player, like an and island you can, corner, right? You can build your secondary and your team right. around a guy like uh, that, and. Right. and um, um, Andre, you know, Cisco, like you said, he, he was another one that came on, yeah. you know, towards as the season progressed. Yeah, progressed, I know. Some yeah. young guys. Right. But, um, yeah, Tyson was that guy that, that, guy that really You were like, whoa. I was well, like, whoa, he's, yeah. he's, a good, he's a good corner. Yeah. You've got a Super Bowl win on your resume, and I have become aware over the years that coaches who have won a Super Bowl with one team and are now coaching another team all want to be that one because nobody's ever done it. 
to be the guy to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. And you were in the final eight. It was you and Mike McCarthy was in the final eight. He's got so. I mean, is that something that you're kind of that kind of pushes you and motivates? I, I want. I could be the first one to ever do this, win a Super Bowl with two different teams. You don't ever think about it, but now that we're in the off season and you brought it up, yeah. it, it'd be kind of cool, right? You know, right, uh, right. Uh, to to be a part of NFL history that way. Um, having played this game obviously for so many years and now coaching it, and and um, it would be it would be great. And also for Mr. Khan with the struggles that they've had, and yeah. you know, in his his time as owner of the of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and and really even with I think about Trent Baalke and how he you know orchestrated a roster in San Francisco years ago that, that got them to a Super Bowl and right. things like that. So I, I think. I think the nucleus is there now. Now we've got to do our part, and we've got to coach and play better, and we got to do all of that. I understand it, but but uh, it's definitely something this year that we can build on, and hopefully, again, be in that position. Yeah. Well, fun to watch. It was a great first season. We wish you all the best Thank in year two and beyond. Doug Peterson, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, we'll be back with more PFT live from the scouting combine right after this. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, site of the Scouting Combine. Our next guest made the drive over from Pittsburgh. I made the drive from West Virginia. Hard to get a quick, easy flight from Pittsburgh anywhere, really. I found that out during the Super Bowl. But Omar Khan, now 22-plus years yeah. with the Steelers organization. Yeah. That is amazing. Has it felt like it's, it's blink of an eye? It's unbelievable how fast it's all gone. But it's been an honor and a privilege, and I've, I've loved every moment of it. Um, let's like dive right in if you don't mind. Just sure. like you know, quarterback. Yeah, pick well, it. you are diving right in. Diving. Right. Well, what do you want me to do? Hey, you want some <laughs> we flowers? Talk you want a some coffee? Bit. Right. Can, I mean, I don't hang know. out. <laughs> talk about Pittsburgh. Well, no. But I'm really. I mean, one. You know, the development of him and what you saw from him this year. But I'm also interested. Is just like the years of accumulation of like. When was he on your guys' radar and, you know, knowing he was in the building? And when did you start to go, hey, let's take a little extra look at this guy. He might be something down the road. You know, he uh, obviously their facility is right next to ours. Right. And, you know, we were uh, we share the same stadium. So we've had the opportunity to get a, we've had a lot of exposure to him. And, um, you know, we knew early on that he had a chance to be pretty good. Yeah, you did. And uh, yeah. we felt pretty good about it. And fortunately, you know, last year we're picking 20th and he's there. Right. Right, and that was just a no-brainer for you guys. No-brainer. Could you did you did you expect him to be there? Were you like shocked at that moment? You thought maybe there was a chance. Yeah, there was a chance. We you know, but once he was there, we were ready to pick him. Right. All right, and then if you could further along, just kind of break it down what you saw from the guy this year, because I know we were impressed with a lot of things we saw. Um, his growth has been awesome to yeah. see. His leadership. Um, I think the future is really bright with Kenny. Uh, and I said this earlier today. The thing that's great about Kenny is that Kenny wants to be great. Yeah. He really does. Yeah. He works at it, and it's important to him, and he loves football. Uh, he loves his teammates, and he's, he's, just been, he's just been a lot of fun to be around. Yeah. What's his ceiling? Uh, you know, time will tell, I think. I mean, he can be uh, – he, he works really hard at it. I mean, he's – we'll see. I mean, time will tell. Is it like a new thing in the NFL now because we've seen some of these, you know, quarterbacks with rookie contracts kind of – do you feel extra pressure to like, oh, we got to get it done? It seems like it's a new fad in the NFL. Yeah. Maybe it's us talking about it more than it should be. Yeah, but. you know, a couple people asked me that earlier yeah. today, and um, 
you know, I, every year we go into this, you try to build a team to right. win a Super Bowl. So I, I don't know if there's added pressure to it. Obviously, there's opportunities when uh, when uh, a quarterback has a when you when you have a, a quarterback a on a number. rookie contract. Yeah, right. But uh, you know, you build you, every year. You try to go into this, try to win a Super Bowl. And you know, we we were around Ben for. Roethlisberger for 18 years, and he, you know, he wasn't on a rookie contract for uh, yeah, you guys for managed. too long. Yeah, and we, you know, we always try to do what we could to win a Super Bowl every yeah. year. You know, it's funny. Every team says our goal is to win the Super Bowl every year. The Steelers are the only team when I I believe it when you say it. Like I think everybody else, it's like they have to say it yeah. to sell tickets and jerseys. Yeah, they're and one get of the few like, shortlist. I teams. feel like you guys truly do go into the season every year trying to win the Super Bowl, which means far more often than not. You're in a funk because, you <laughs> right. know, if that's your measure of success, you're not yeah. going to succeed all that often. Yeah, I mean, that's – I can't speak for the other teams, Mike, but, uh, you know, we go into it. Right now we're in our planning process, and our, our, our goal is to be in uh, – I think Super Bowl's in Vegas this year, yeah, right? Yeah, it is, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, to build this so that we're in Vegas in February of next year. Um, I want to go now to your other rookie this past year, George Pickens. Yeah. All right. What the f? What what the? <laughs> how the hell do you find these freaking receivers all the time? What is it? Who's in the building that? Or I mean, is it collaborative? Is there somebody that first puts it on everybody? I'm amazed. We talk yeah. about it all the time. When you guys draft a receiver, we all go, "Whoa, okay, he might yeah. be good," just because you guys seem to have the eye for it. Well, that's a, that's a credit to Kevin Colbert. You know, yeah. he's been doing it for so long. Hopefully, I uh, I learned a few things from him, and we can continue that. But that's see, that, he'd that's never take Kevin. the credit for it. He'd Kevin, never say it was him. I can tell you it was Kevin. Kevin's, Kevin was a, a great evaluator. and he Did he have, like, was. a special eye for the receiver we, position? Well, we, we have or? certain characteristics that are important yeah. for us at that position. Right. And, um, uh, you know, I can't discuss them publicly, yeah, obviously. No, we get but, it. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We so, can yeah. if you want. I can, but I'm not going for <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to lawyer you or anything, but I you could if you wanted to. Um, that's the thing that also impressed me about the Steelers. This is an organization. I mean, I've been around – in and around Pittsburgh all my life, there are so many dysfunctional teams. And I think the dysfunction comes from somebody tries to claim credit when things go well, somebody goes and hides when things don't go well. You guys never seem to have any of that. Nobody's trying to take credit for what goes well. Where does that come from in the organization, that Uh, culture? You know, that comes from the Rooney family. Uh, Since the day I got there, you know, it was about us, about the team. It's never been about one person. Uh, my, you know, I was telling you earlier, I, I started uh, Valentine's Day 2001 was my first day in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. And uh, from day one, I can tell you, it's, it's, they made it clear to us. I mean, you just, when you're around it, you just kind of see it, that it's, it's, it's not about the individual. It's about the team, you know, and winning Super Bowls. And, you know, we've got to work to it. We're due for one. So. Well, well, talk about your adjustment, you know. Mm-hmm. What, what, what was it like for you, year one, being a GM you know, I, I mean, things you felt like, oh, I, I got to get used to this or get better at this or, well, you know, how was that? So, you know, I, I've been around Kevin for so long. We worked together for 20 plus years that the transition was easy. I yeah. say, I'd say the uh, the tough thing is there's probably not enough hours in a day. People come <laughs> into my office. I mean, it's like a there's always an door. issue. Oh, or there's something, always something. Right? Someone's coming in. And, right. You know, everyone wants to be the first one in and they want an answer right away. And that doesn't always happen. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, for, the, for the most part, it's, it, it's been a smooth transition. But that seems around. to be a big answer with coaches and GMs when they first get it. Just, you, there's always, always. L- like, you yeah. know, besides your job, there's always yeah. something you got to kind of take control or yeah. put the flames out in the building. Yeah. yeah. I want to go back to your quarterback, Kenny Pickett. And, and this is in order to address one of the complaints we get from Dolphins fans because we talk <laughs> about Tua Tonga-Vailoa's concussions. Okay. And they say, why don't you ever mention that Kenny Pickett had two? And, and that is alarming. Quarterbacks, you know, usually at most will have one and not that many have one. Is that on your radar screen as a concern with Pickett, given he had two last year? And is he doing anything to try to avoid having more of them going forward? Tua, for example, is, is doing judo to learn how to fall properly. What, what, just let us know what's going on kind of behind the curtain there. Yeah, we, you know, it's obviously a concern, right? Um, you know, two concussions, and it, it's obviously a concern, you know, I, I can't speak to what Tua's concussions or how bad they were compared to Kenny's, but um, you know you take every every precaution, you take every step to try to get uh, you know to try to prevent them or, or minimize. You know the, the helmet, Kenny switched his helmet uh, during the season uh, at a recommendation from our medical staff. Um, you know I'm sure there's some some things that'll be discussed with the uh, coaching staff in terms of uh, uh, what he could do maybe to to maybe take. Uh, 
less hits, let's say. Um, but it, it's just, yeah, it is concerning. So, you, um, what do I want to say? I just I lost my train of thought there. I, because the helmet thing's interesting. That's where I wanted to get into. Well, they're developing a quarterback-specific helmet because most of the hits happen when the head hits the ground. Right. Right. That's where I was going to get. That's where my mind was at. But either way, I got back to my question and what I want to. Right now, you know, we hear GMs kind of talk about focus on the team this offseason. What is it? What is it for the Steelers? Is there one position or anything? Just an overall topic that you and Mike Tomlin are like, we got to be this or. Well, obviously, it's, it's nice being here, not having to uh, worry about the quarterback position. Yeah, that's, right. that's a plus. But I think anytime you can improve uh, any of the positional rooms, you're going to try to do it. I mean, um, there's not, I wouldn't say there's one specific. It's, but, you know, regardless of what it is, if we have an opportunity to improve, whether it's the O-line, the D-line, uh, yeah. the, the, the corners. Um, O-line seems like it's the spot for, like, a, you know, the common fan. They're, oh, the O-line's got to get better. That always seems to be the, the answer there. But, you know. You know, what our, I'll say about our O-line yeah. is, is it, was, it was cool to see how they, uh, how they grew and how they progressed, right. how, how the season went on. You know, it was really, really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, they got better at the end of the year, and you're opening up some holes and protecting yeah, they kept, pretty well. They, they kept uh, getting better, and just the camaraderie with that group as, as they connected, it, it was fun to watch. Yeah. What was the most rewarding win last year after the slow start? Ooh, um, that's, that's a good question, Mike. Uh, you know, um, you always like winning the divisional games. Guys, you have uh, you know the rivalries. You know, remember you can win in Baltimore is fun. Um, Had the Franco Harris night game, right? That that, that was, was pretty that special, was really right? really special, right? Uh, that that was oh that was there was so much emotion going into the game. That that was really special too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're getting like where, where's this? You know, what do you what do you look at as the common or the the state of the team right now? It seems like it's like you got some young pieces, but you got guys like Cam Hayward and. You know, some older older veterans yeah. where it's like, you know, is there something to meet in the middle? Are you in rebuilding, or where do you think you are yeah, as a franchise? I, I, I don't really like these word rebuilding. I know you don't. Nobody but. does. <laughs> well, but they never are. Yeah. They're yeah. never rebuilding. No, no, I know. I know. So we, we, we feel like we got a good mix, right. you know, and we have the opportunity to add some pieces in free agency. And, you know, we have um, some high picks this year in the draft that we can add some, uh, some good football players. But um, we just got a good mix right now. We yeah. feel good about it. Yeah. Omar, thank you so much. Hey, Congratulations friend. on your 22-plus years with the Steelers. Congratulations on being the general manager of the team and all the best moving forward. We hope to talk to you again real soon. Great. Thanks a lot. All right, Good we'll luck. be back with more from Indy right after thank this. Thanks. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.